Hey, this is Brady Hyan, and you're listening to Bettering Nashville. This episode features a conversation with Brenda Waybrandt of Rock Music City. Rock Music City is the Nashville chapter of a larger organization called Restaurant Opportunities Centers United, and they do a lot of great work advocating for restaurant and hospitality workers across the country. So Brenda and I get into a lot of good stuff about the hospitality industry in Nashville, and it's a massive industry for Nashville. Uh, We get into some of the numbers in the conversation. If you haven't worked in hospitality, you at least know someone that has. And I think we're all aware of how tough those jobs can be. And it's apparent that these workers need support. So Rock Music City is setting out to do that kind of work in our city. And Brenda's here to tell us about it. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. So let's get into it. Hey, Brenda. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Delightful. Let's talk about Rock Music City. I'm down. Let's talk about Rock Music City. Well, first, let's talk about you. Who are you, and how did you come to get involved with Rock Music City? Um, well, I'm Brenda Waybrandt. I am from um, Michigan and then Kentucky, and I've been in Nashville for eight years. Um, I've been working in the restaurant industry for 15. Most of that was serving. I did work in the corporate office for um, a national restaurant chain, um, and you know, through the pandemic um, and being laid off from serving and seeing that there is a need for a a union group for restaurant workers, especially in Nashville, you know, where we have such a hospitality industry, like we are a huge hospitality city. um, And yet servers still get paid two thirteen an hour. That hasn't changed since the 1970s, you know, and, and um, your back of house workers get paid way less than they deserve. And it's, it's just unfortunate. There's a lot of, of structural changes in the restaurant industry that need to be made and implemented so that there's more equality for all. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, you've started the Rock Music City chapter organization? Yeah. So there's a group of us that got together um, on a Facebook group, actually, randomly. Yeah. And um, we're just talking about the fact that restaurant the restaurant industry needs a change. We need mm-hmm. to um, start approaching us as a whole a holistic group and, and that we are a whole person that goes to work, right? Like mm-hmm. how many restaurant workers do you know that have done clopens and have been at work until two o'clock in the morning and then get right back up at nine o'clock and go right back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that doesn't do a lot for your mental health and your well being, right? <laughs> right. Your, your um, alcohol use and drug use in the re- restaurant industry is rampant because mm-hmm. you're dealing with an industry where people aren't always kind to you when they come in, you Mm. know, they're very demanding and um, it's a lot to process and and get through. Yeah. So rock music city is a new thing for Nashville, um, but it's a larger national organization. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and what their values are, what their mission is? So um, Restaurant Opportunity Center United was founded after 9-11 in New York City. There was a restaurant at the top of the World Trade Center building. And so there were a lot of people that, you know, were harmed and injured and out of work and, and the debris for that went for, Mm -hmm. for miles. So like, not only was that one restaurant affected, but like all sorts of other little places were too. And so they, um, they were founded as a way to 
help those restaurant workers get connected with social structures that they needed at the time, mm-hmm. unemployment and um, getting connected with the food and getting connected with job training resources and all of mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and then they realized that, you know, the restaurant industry has so many, so many inequalities that they, they just really needed a group to start working for that. Um, a lot of issues that are very specific to that industry Yeah, that you don't hear about unless you've worked in it or unless you have a friend that worked in it. Right. It's kind of crazy how a lot of that stuff goes under the radar until you're hanging out with one of your friends who's worked in the restaurant industry or you've worked in it and you're like, Oh, that's what it's like. Yeah. Um, I've worked downtown Nashville in different restaurants for eight years with a lot of tourists from other countries and they are always floored when I look at them and say, you know, by the way, servers here make two thirteen an hour. Um, and sometimes you just got to slip that in because they mm-hmm. don't, they don't know, right? Mm-hmm. The U S is the only country that is based off of tipping, which yeah. was, a really racist policy to begin with because there were more um, black people that were serving in the front of front of house and restaurants way mm. back in the day. Mm. Um, and so that just is, it's again, one of those systemic issues of race that's carried over to today. Mm. So I was, I was going to ask about that later, but let's get into that tipping. It's a uniquely American thing. What's the deal about that? And what is rock trying to do to fix that? Because it's it's a weird it's always been a weird thing for me. It's like this weird dichotomy where you know as a consumer like this shouldn't be the way that they get paid, but also I can't not tip. I'm gonna tip and I'm gonna tip well because I know how bad the situation is. How do we get out of that and who and like is there a movement to get out of that? Yeah, there's more, there have been more calls in the past several years talking about raising the tip minimum wage, um, but I think that's going to have to be a federal thing. And mm. and maybe on state levels, we're looking at developing a strategy on erasing inequality in the restaurant industry. And it's just a, it's a really hard topic, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what all of our business models are based on. Yeah. And we've seen cities that raise the tipped minimum wage from 213 an hour to whatever their state minimum wage is. Um, okay. There was a bill brought up in January here in Tennessee to raise it to 725. Mm-hmm. Um, that did not pass, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I just okay. actually found that out this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Right. You know, so. So there is conversation about it. Yeah. Which um, is good because sometimes you get the feeling that this is just the way it is. It's going to, it's the way it's going to be. And because as a consumer, you don't often think about it. But as a worker, that is your livelihood. It is. You're basically depending on someone being nice to you at the end of the day or liking yeah. you to, to pay your bills. Yeah, for certain. And I mean, that's, that's only in the front of the house, really. Like yeah. if you think about, if you think about what you're tipping on, you are tipping on the total of the bill, right? Which goes up every year to account for inflation. But your back of house workers, their tip um, or their pay comes out of your your bottom line, right? So as a business owner, you want to pay your back of house as little as possible so that you have the most amount of profit, right? You're only paying your front of house staff 213 to 450 an hour, you know, mm-hmm. if that, depending on if your servers and bartenders get more or less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your front of house is in this position where they're making two, three, four times more than your back of house workers mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. 
And both of those are important to running a restaurant, you know? And so is one more important than the other? Well, mm. your servers and bartenders don't have food to serve if your you people in the back of house aren't cooking, right? Mm-hmm. And I can feel all of my server and bartender friends that love the money that they're making saying, Brenda, what are you doing <laughs> saying all of this? Like, don't wreck it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, I think it's time that we we need to be aware of all of our colleagues and how they're living. Mm-hmm. So focusing on Nashville, and let's pretend it's like 2019. We don't know anything about COVID yet. Uh, how does Nashville compare to the rest of the country when it comes to our hospitality industry or our service workers? Are, are, are we bigger in that area or are there any differences from the rest of the country? I don't know the solid data on that. I was looking up some statistics this morning and I think I think that Tennessee's hospitality industry is about 10% of jobs. Okay. Um, I feel like for Nashville specifically, that's on the higher. low end. I yeah. think it was like 30 or 40%. Just from tourism alone, it's got to be a, a big number, I think. Yeah, and so, you know, going back to COVID and and the future of restaurants right now, even with restaurants opening at a minimum capacity or maximum capacity of 75% right now, um, that's a hard business model to sustain, right? Restaurants operate on a historically low profit margin of three to 5%, right? That's it. That's all they make. Um, And so, you know, rent hasn't been reduced for business owners and, you know, their food prices are going up because of meat shortages with Mm -hmm. COVID in meat packing plants and all of that processing facilities. And we're just really in an uncertain time. And so it's really unfortunate that the CARES Act is set to end at the end of July and Mm -hmm. nothing has been worked on to get a HEROES Act passed, right? Like what happens if places have to close down again? Mm -hmm. Tennessee's already proven that its unemployment um, system is god awful for real quick for someone listening that might not know what cares or heroes is oh, can yeah. you break those down yeah so the cares act was passed in march i think mm-hmm. um and it essentially is the reason why we got that 1200 stimulus check um and the extra 600 a month unemployment insurance mm-hmm. um tennessee has one of the lowest unemployment insurance rates in the country at 275 dollars a week pre-tax. So after July 31st, if there's no extra influx of cash in that unemployment system, we're going to have a lot of people trying to figure out how to live off of $275 a week Mm pre-tax. And that doesn't cover rent for most people. Um, So it's imperative that we get the HEROES Act passed, which is something that... um, Democrats passed in the House and the Senate doesn't want to take up. The Senate doesn't want to pass any more unemployment aid to anybody. They just want, they want to people to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, restaurants are an inherently unsafe place to work, right? Mm-hmm. Customers can't wear masks when they eat or drink. Mm-hmm. There are multiple touch points for each guest, right? Between your servers and your kitchen staff and your bussers that are touching plates and silverware and your dishwashers. It's just people passing things back and forth all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing other states that have opened back up again, get a new surge of coronavirus cases. Um, and that's before all of the protests happen, which I, I am very much for the protests mm-hmm. in, in that aspect. But, you know, a lot of people coming together inherently does mean that our disease could spread. Um, we're hearing that it's been safer because most people wore masks and all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. It's just a, it's an, it's an unknown unknown. Yeah. So in that unknown, what is rock um, advocating for 
related to COVID, what are some of the steps that you guys are pushing for to protect service work, service industry workers, hospitality workers? Yeah, TOSHA um, didn't want to take responsibility. Um, they're the, the OSHA laws, if you've yeah. ever heard of, yeah. of those with regard to safety in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, didn't want to take responsibility for COVID to begin with. Um, and so they've stepped up and now said, okay, cool. Yeah, we're going to have a hand in some of that. Um, the Metro Health Department wasn't going to charge fines initially, and now they charged a $275 fine, I believe, um, for businesses that are over occupancy. Um, we called out Tin Roof in Franklin for having people sitting at the bar. Mm. Um, and then they put out an apology post and had their bar tops closed. That was when we were still in phase one. Mm. Um, and um, really just calling for calling for workers protection, right? Like if workers are going to have to give up their unemployment to go back to work, no worker should be making less than they would have made on unemployment. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a problem that spans a lot of industries and you don't hear a lot of conversation regarding solutions to address that. Um, so it's, and it's especially going to affect the hospitality industry just because of the pay rate is inherently so low already. Well, and Nashville is a tourism city, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think a lot of your your local established restaurants that have been offering curbside pickup and to-go and um, even opening dine-in but doing it well, like Rose Pepper, um, they have a, a large following that'll keep them going. But like the Broadway bars don't, don't work well in a minimum capacity, yeah. you know? They have um, to be packed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, dining out, dining out is an experience. We go to relax. We go to enjoy conversation with somebody else. We go to let our hair down and not have to worry about cooking and doing dishes and everything. And how has that experience changed when, you know, your server's worried about their mom at home that's mm-hmm. immunocompromised. And so like they're on edge the whole time that they're mm-hmm. working. It's just, it's a different environment. It's a different feeling. And it's not as relaxed and casual. Like I'd love to see um, places like Cincinnati and and there are a lot of restaurants in Europe that are looking at outside seating and Mm -hmm. closing streets down and setting up tables outside. And that's a little hard for Nashville because it's so darn hot sometimes. Um, But, but I'd really love for restaurants to look at things creatively and say, what can we do that's going to keep our workers safe and our customers safe. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've been operating on the same restaurant structure since the 1800s. Yeah. You know, it's time mm-hmm. that we, we look at things and reinvent the wheel a little a bit. A lot has changed. Yeah. And it it's interesting. It kind of feels like people are just waiting for things to go back to normal. But this, is, this threat is going to continue to loom in years to come. So we have to think of a new way to address that to prevent this from happening again. Right. So uh, I'm glad to hear that you guys are pushing for those kinds of changes. Um, Whether it's related to COVID or not, are there any misconceptions that people have about the hospitality or service industry? Yeah, I don't even know where to start on that one. Um, (laughs) This sounds good. Um, I think just being kind and understanding that the person that's taking care of you in a restaurant or... um, at a cashier's counter somewhere, or even at a call center, they are just a person that is getting paid less than they deserve trying to do a job, mm-hmm. um, just to live their life, to pay their rent, to have some groceries, to have a little fun. 
um, to maybe splurge and buy that $5 coffee or that avocado toast every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think looking at people like they're, you guys are both on the same team and you're there to have an experience together instead of saying, cool, you're my server, just bring me my food, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes a long way and it leads to a better industry for everybody. I think right now a big focus in the industry is how fair it is, right? Like we've all heard that story or at least I hope we have at this point about the server at an Olive Garden who had their customer, a black server in Olive Garden, had a customer in front of them say, no, I want a white server. And the manager caved in on that and then got fired. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, that happens so often. I have a really great friend that I work with who is Egyptian and the stories of customers that are just awful to him and that stiff him because he has an accent is his it just hurts my soul, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're Mm -hmm. all humans just trying to live our life. Um, and it's, I think we could, we could use a little more kindness and Mm -hmm. a little more understanding that, that the person in front of you is a human being and has feelings. Yeah. There's a, there's a strange disconnect when you're like having such a real human connection with the person across from you at the table. But then if someone comes to the side of your table a lot of people sometimes don't even act like they're the same thing as the person across from them, which is just blows my mind. I am. Um, I can't tell you how many times I have had a table that seems just kind of crotchety and, and uppity. And, mm. you know, as soon as I throw out, oh yeah, I had a corporate job. I'm taking a break from that. I'm back waiting tables again. I really love not being glued to my email because there are a lot of freedoms with that come with the restaurant mm. industry, which is why a lot of people stay with it. That and, you know, the, the money is, can be really good sometimes. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I throw that out, their attitude towards me changes. Mm -hmm. Like I think the, the misnomer that waiting tables or working in a restaurant or bartending isn't a real job. Well, sure. Tell that to my feet after I get off a 12 hour shift, (laughs) right? Like they real hurt. Yeah. It pays my bills, right? Like what is, what is a real job? Right. Um, I think that that needs to change too. We need, mm-hmm. just need to appreciate people for the work that they're doing for us and recognize that, you know, when we go out to eat, somebody else is taking care of all of that for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, this is not as pressing of an issue as the coronavirus, but are there any concerns about automation starting to creep into the hospitality industry? I'm sure that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't worked at a restaurant that's used the iPads at the tables. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that I would like one that I could carry around with me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that way, like that Make saves your job me. Easier. Yeah. yeah, I don't have to like take three or four orders and then run back to the computer and and ring them all in at once and and backload the kitchen with it. Um, but as far as having the actual kiosk on the table, a la mm-hmm. Red Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that might work in a fast casual setting, but people are still going to want, um, you know, at a honky tonk or a fine dining or a local casual feel like that kind of takes away Mm -hmm. the interaction of dining out, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, I I hope people realize that, yeah, you can order your $12 cocktail yourself. Cool. But like how much nicer is it when somebody brings it to you and smiles at you? Right. Right. It's an added element. Yeah. That was just, a personal curiosity of mine. I've been, I've seen videos here and there of like a robot arm flipping a burger. And it's just like, that's not at all prevalent or common in any restaurant, but you're like, 
if that's here today, like how long is it before that is common in restaurants and what will that do to the workers? Yeah, I think as far as, as far as cooking and back of the house, um, I mean like you can automate cooking at McDonald's or Taco Bell or something like that. But if you're a lot of stuff is pretty much automated, you put it in a machine, press a specific button and it does it for you. Yeah. But as far as like restaurant cooking and temping a steak and, Mm -hmm. you know, temping a salmon, it's very um, complex. Yeah. And then making a salad and, and laying all plating everything and, and, dressing the plates. It's it just, I don't think that There's it's going to, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a ways away from that. What are some of the biggest challenges or roadblocks or frustrations that you have with, or at rock music city? Um, what are the things that kind of give you a headache? We, we are a young organization. And mm-hmm. so just some, some growing pains and figuring mm-hmm. out, cool, what, what structures work best for us and how do we, how do we put, measures in place where we can scale, right? Mm. We have over a hundred thousand food service workers in Nashville. Um, and you know, that's everything from fast, casual Starbucks all the way up to like super five star fine dining. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is a really broad, um, broad industry. You're talking at least like one out of every seven or eight people is in that industry. Think how many restaurants and we have, right? How many hotels do we have that have restaurants and bars in them? You have in-room dining, um, Mm -hmm. kitchens and restaurants, all of your fast food. I mean, you can walk down a block and see 10 restaurants in one city block. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure anybody who's been out in the past, you know, couple of years has seen how many more restaurants we have popping up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then how understaffed so many restaurants are because oh, yeah. we have so many restaurants and not enough staff for all yeah. of them. And I've heard stories about how people will get a text message in the middle of their shift from another restaurant offering to pay 10 cents an hour more and they leave in the middle of their shift and go to that restaurant yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. That is just crazy. Yeah. So what does your vision of scaling look like? What, what do you hope to be doing with Rock Music City in the next six months two to three years? I think a lot of what we're going to do is a lot of that teaching and job skills training, right? Our restaurants are going to be so different going forward. If we hit another, if we hit another COVID rise and things have to close down again, we've already had, we've already seen restaurants that have had to close Mm. um, because of COVID, Mm. you know, and now having reopened at a lower capacity, but still struggling along with bills, if something else happens and we have to close down again, I'm really afraid that we're going to ha- we're going to lose a lot of vibrant local restaurants that contribute to Nashville's culture. Um, and so I think we're going to do a lot of that re-educating people and, and getting them connected to other job sites um, and advocating for workers that are still in the restaurant industry, right? Like when you have a small job pool and a lot of candidates for those jobs, um, they can really be treated as disposable. And Mm -hmm. we don't want that Mm -hmm. to happen for the people that are left in the restaurant industry, right? Like it is an important industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet we still have to fight for things like healthcare. So many food service workers don't have healthcare um, because their employees don't pay for it. Um, And we have to fight for a higher wage. You can't survive on 725 an hour in Nashville Mm -hmm. anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're working with a group to um, look at doing a living wage certification program for restaurants in Nashville Mm -hmm. um, and to build that out and grow that. Um, 
but just just support people yeah. that are excited about what we're doing and and want to fight for change too you know like this is a grassroots movement yeah. and it's going to take a lot of people standing up and saying I'm really tired of working clopens. I'm really tired of, of this really unfair schedule. Like I'm supposed to get 40 hours a week and I'm getting 20. Um, I'm really tired of getting stuck on all of the lunch shifts and not making any money. Um, paying for parking downtown. Let's talk about that one. How many, all of my server friends pay for their own parking downtown and that can be up to 50 bucks sometimes, right? Um, we have to fix the uh, Metro transit system because it stops running at 11 or 12 o'clock mm. and you have so many people then that are you going to have to pay to take a lift home, right? Yeah. Because that might be an hour or more of a back of house person's pay or yeah. a front of the house person's pay depending on where they work. Yeah. Um, and so like, we just need to work together to make Nashville better and, and more equitable for everybody. And, and the restaurant industry and the tourism industry is a huge part of that yeah. um, because Nashville is so based on hospitality and tourism. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think just you guys existing in the first place, that's already a huge step forward for people in that industry to look around and be like, oh, there's an organization that has my back instead of looking around and being like, is no one going to do anything about this? So uh, kudos to you for even existing. Um, that's that's going to be, I'm really excited about what you guys are going to be doing moving forward. Can you tell me and the people listening what people can do to help you? Um, and can you break that down into people that are involved in the industry and people that aren't involved in the industry? Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to go to our website, rockunited.org forward slash music hyphen city, um, you can donate, you can sign up to receive our emails and join us. Um, we have meetings every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to strategize and plan. Um, and yeah, you can reach out and join and somebody will reach back out to you and say, cool, you want to like, what's your level of involvement? Do you just want to share stuff on Facebook? That's cool too. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come out to a demonstration if we have one of those? Um, do you, do you want to talk to your friends about what, what they see in the restaurant industry that needs to change? And you don't have to be a restaurant worker to join us and to support us. Um, we, we have several people that have worked in the industry before. Um, we have people that just have friends that work in the industry and so mm -hmm. understand what that's like. But yeah, whatever whatever your passion is, we're here to help you explore that and figure that out and, and grow our organization. Like I'm sitting here doing an interview with you today, but Rock United, Rock Music City isn't me. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, any one of the people that's that's with us. It's a collective, it's a collaboration, it's everybody standing together and having a voice to to make the restaurant industry better. Right. I love it. And I'll definitely link everyone to those links. Yeah, awesome. Um, and uh, Brenda, I have one more question for you. Yeah. I ask this question to everyone on the show. Whether it relates to the hospitality industry or not, how do you think we can make Nashville better? Um, I think going back to, to being kind and just being willing to look at things from a different perspective and mm. being open to new information and, and understanding that learning new information is a beautiful thing. And it's, it's a great, it, it's even better when you can take that information and apply it to things in your life and change for the better and positive. Mm. And if you see somebody going through some struggles, especially if you see somebody going through some struggles that you've had in your life before, um, and you, you've been through that, you know what they're going through. 
um, reach out and talk to them, but more than talk, listen, listen, listen. It is so important to listen to other people and hear them out. Wow. Good job. Great answer. Knocked (laughs) it out of the park. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank Um, you, Brady. Looking forward to the work of Rock Music City. Yeah. And uh, I'll be sharing ways to get involved uh, on social media and look forward to talking to you in the future. Heck yeah. I'm super excited about it. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Once again, that was Brenda Waybrandt of Rock Music City. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. If you're looking to get involved with the work that Rock Music City is doing, you should head to our Instagram at Bettering Nashville to find some links where you can get involved. Thanks again for listening to this show. It means a lot to me and I couldn't do it without you. Uh, Like I've said before, if you have any ideas for an organization you'd like to be featured or even just a topic you'd like to learn more about, reach out to me at betteringnashville at gmail.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram, again, at betteringnashville. I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, I'm Brady Hyen and this is Bettering Nashville.